WCWP, the Sports Wire. Welcome back to the Sports Wire, 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Matt Soldano, Max Caster with you till 7 o'clock. Now joining us on the show, we've had him on before in years past to talk NBA draft. He joins us for the first time this year, Jonathan Gavoni from DraftExpress.com. Jonathan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How, how are you? Doing very well, thank you. We'll start with the uh, events from last night. The Cavs uh, make out pretty well, you know, number one and number four. In your mind, is that, you know, the, the best possible scenario that could have happened if, if you're a Cavs fan? Uh, I mean, other than getting number one and number two, yeah, definitely. I think it worked out really well for them, and I'm sure they're, they're ecstatic right now. From what I read, like right after the the lottery was selected, everyone was saying the Cavs are taking Kyrie Irving. Uh, they're in love with him. It, it's a no brainer. But the the initial thought that I had in my mind was it might make more sense to take Derek Williams at one and then get a point guard, whether it's Brandon Knight or Kemba Walker at number four, depending on who the Cavs would like more. I just felt like Williams and one of those point guards might be a better package than. Um, Irving and Inez Cantor. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know much about Cantor as a player, but I I thought that that was the right way to go. Is does that seem like a zero percent chance of happening, and that the Cavs will take Irving? I don't think you can rule anything out at this point. The Cavs have said that they're going to explore the process thoroughly. They're going to do you know research on every player. They still need to do physicals. They need to do background checks. They need to do interviews. So, you know, there's a process that they're going to go through, but when it's all said and done, I'd be very surprised if they didn't end up picking Kyrie Irving number one. I do think that the gap between Irving and the other point guards is substantial. So um, taking another player and then get another guard, I mean, you might be outsmarting yourself here when it's all said and done. So um, I think that you go with the best talent. In, in, the, in the draft, and that's, in my opinion, that's Kyrie Irving, and then you figure out the rest later. What do, what do you think the lesson is? I mean, it's obvious, but the lesson that, you know, maybe other teams will see around the league about trading unprotected picks, and obviously the Clippers uh, were on the wrong end of this one with the Cavs, but you think a, a, a huge lesson was sent home uh, last night? Well, I think that it's, it's definitely going to make teams think twice in the future, but here, you know, they look at the probabilities of that happening once, let alone twice in, in one night. I think you're more likely to get, you know, hit by lightning. And then for it to happen again next year, I mean, you know, you're, you're probably going to have a better chance to win the lottery, you know, two weeks in a row. So, uh, uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I understand the Clippers, you know, the, the, the move that they made. They, they, they weren't able to protect the picks because of the rules. They already traded their 2012 draft picks, so uh, it was a trade at the time that made a lot of sense for them and, um, it, you know, worked out a certain way, a 2.8% chance, and, you know, sometimes that's where the ball rolls. Jonathan Gavoni of DraftExpress.com joining us. Here on the Sportswire 88.1 FM, WCWP.org, Matt Soldano, Max Caster, with you till 7 o'clock. John, I was on your website before, and you had the, uh, the video of uh, David Kahn making the comments about how he sort of insinuated that the lottery was rigged, and maybe his quotes were taken out of context. I know you were there. 
Um, what did you, what did, in your mind, your interpretation, what did you think of Khan's comments about um, the, the, the lottery being rigged? I didn't think about it twice uh, at the time when he said it. I didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary. I thought, you know, there was just quite a bit of tension in the room. It was a very, very dramatic, uh, you know, event. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it might have been a little bit unfortunate, maybe a little bit um, uh, insensitive, but um, I, I don't think that he was really insinuating that the lottery is rigged. Um, that's not the way that I took it when I heard the comments and I watched them again. And uh, and I think it's much to do about nothing. And to be honest, if it wasn't David Kahn, if it was a different GM, someone who had a little bit more respect around the league, I think that people wouldn't be as quick to label this and to make a huge fuss about it. And I've already seen it on SportsCenter 15 times. And, you know, I think that a guy gets pegged a certain way, and it's, it's very hard for him to shed that reputation later on, whether it's deserved or not. But um, I don't think it was that big of a deal. I think that there's bigger things, more important things that we could be talking about. Now, the biggest thing or the biggest label with this draft is that it is the weakest in years, whether it's the impending lockout perhaps that you know drove kids away from, from declaring or any other – variables that it might be how accurate is that statement and really why do you think uh it is the case that there might be a lockout no that that it is that it is uh one of the weakest drafts in uh in a few years uh you know that's something that we can really judge three to five years down the road i mean i know that sounds like a cop-out i mean on face value looking at the, the players and kind of what we think about them, yeah, it does look a little bit weak on paper right now, but I think if you look at every single draft throughout the years, there are multiple, you know, if not dozens of guys drafted outside the top five that end up being good players or even great players. So I think that's going to be the case this year. I think that there's going to be value to be had in the middle of the first round, at the end of the first round, and that there's going to be solid in the rotation players that come out of the second round and even the go undrafted, you know. So, um, yeah, the depth of the draft took a little bit of a hit, but, the, 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 you know, America is, is like, a, it's like a factory in terms of the production of talented basketball players, and I, and I think a couple of guys pulling out doesn't really change that much. Jonathan, who do you think are some of the uh, the guys who are who are rising? Whether it's late lottery, who could um, make their way into the top ten? Even I know I've read some stuff on Kawhi Leonard from San Diego State, who um, is drawing a lot of interest. Could be you know a top seven pick. I, I've, I've seen in some drafts. Um, you know, Biz, Bismack Biyombo has come out of nowhere and seemingly has become one of the hottest names out there. Who are some of these guys that you think um, could be those names that we see rise as the workouts begin? I think that most of the buzz that you're hearing right now is mostly agent-generated. It's mostly hype, you know, um, a lot of hot air that comes out of these private workouts that people attend. And, uh, you know, there has been very, very few actual NBA workouts conducted. So I really don't think that, you know, Kawhi Leonard draining 23s in a row in Vegas, you know, like it's doing much to change his draft stock. I mean, he needs to go in and, and do that in front of real NBA teams and show that he could do that in actual game settings. And at the end of the day, I think that his 
his resume and everybody's resume. You know, these guys played one, two, three, four years of college basketball. I, I think that that body of work is ultimately what they're going to be judged off of and not, you know, what they're doing, uh, you know, uh, at a workout at this facility or the other. Jonathan Gavoni from Draft Express joins us on the Sports Wire. Jonathan, Brandon Knight and Kemba Walker, what separates the two guards? I think they're very different players. Uh, Knight has better size. Walker has better speed. Um, Knight is a better shooter. Walker is, is a better flasher. Uh, I think that they're both franchise caliber potential point guards. And uh, I think they're both going to be top five draft picks. They're both very high character guys. Uh, you know, they, 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 they come from different backgrounds, but they come from the right type of backgrounds you want in, in a top five draft pick and in a franchise caliber point guard. So um, I think they're both going to be very, very good NBA players. Uh, now, John, my favorite team, the Knicks, especially being here in New York, they've, they've gotten – uh, a lot of pub over the last year with Amari and Carmelo and uh, the playoff run, but they're still a little bit away from making a championship run. Uh, they have the 17th pick. They weren't in the lottery, and they surprisingly didn't give this pick up. Uh, they need a point guard. They need a big man. Uh, who do you see them possibly going out there and, and taking at that 17th spot? Well, we currently have them slated to pick Kenneth Fareed, the senior from Moorhead State. Uh, he's uh, the leading rebounder in college basketball history. He's uh, probably the toughest player in this draft. Uh, has an unbelievable motor. Very, very good athlete. Kind of guy that doesn't really need the ball. He's going to go out and make plays, uh, you know, just off his sheer energy. And I think that that's something that the Knicks could use. I think that uh, he's a guy that maybe can't play on every NBA team, you know, as a starter because he's somewhat limited offensively. But that's not really that much of an issue on a team like the Knicks, who, you know, they already they, they need less guys, you know, shooting the ball, not more. So uh, I think that uh, I think that he'd be a good fit there. Talk with John Gavoni from Draft Express. Dot com. John, what's your stance on a Jimmer Fredette, uh, a guy that Max and I Jim Jimma. Max and I disagree a ton on. Uh, you have him slated at 20th to the Timberwolves right now. So even though they didn't get Irving, it could be another point guard for, for Minnesota. But, uh, I mean, I, I really don't see him being a guy that has a huge impact in the NBA. I, I, I compare him to Eddie House. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate or not. I but, compare him to God, for <laughs> but, the record. But uh, what, John, uh, John? What do you what do you make of uh, of Jimmer? I mean, you can't argue with his resume. You can't argue with his skill level. The guy is obviously an incredible scorer, and I think that that translates to the NBA level. Uh, you know, no, to what capacity that's that's to be to be determined. I think that a lot of that is going to depend on what team you put him on and what type of teammates. And, and what the expectations are for him, particularly on the defensive end. I think that he's a guy that needs the ball in his hands quite a bit, and there's not a lot of teams right now that, that are, are going to draft the guy and just let him go and shoot the ball 25 times the way he did at BYU. So um, I think that he's a guy that can definitely play in the NBA. What type of impact he has is going to depend on the situation that he's in. Now, looking at the mock draft that you have, uh, it was just updated. Um, a lot of foreign prospects in the top ten. 
and, and maybe you know some of these guys don't fall in the spots if, if guys like Harrison Barnes and Sullinger um, and, and some of these other prospects may have may have uh, declared their name. But you know we could see a lot of foreigners go in the in the, in the lottery. Now I'm gonna destroy their name, so I'm not even gonna pronounce them. I'll let you handle that. But if there's one or two guys that stick out in this group, and I think I know who you know who I'm talking about um, in this group, who would they be, and why do they stick out to you? I'd love to hear you try at least. You know, give me one of the Lithuanians. All right, all right. Let me see. Uh, tell me if I'm right here. Is it Donatus Matujunis? <laughs> That's not bad. I've heard worse. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, there's, there's five guys that people are talking about as, as, as obvious picks or even top ten picks. And I think that, you know, the, to me, the, the best prospect of, of, of all of them long term is, is Jonas Valanciunas. Um, he's a guy that great size, great length, uh, solid athlete, number one rebounder in the EuroLeague on a permanent basis. Um, very, very tough guy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not very easy to find players like that. They don't really grow on trees in college basketball. So he's going to get picked pretty high. Um, and the other guy that's kind of um, become a very hot name since like Oops Summit is Bismarck Biombo. Uh, he's uh, also a little bit atypical for a European prospect because he's, he's a freak athlete. He's uh, incredibly tough. He's a great rebounder. He's a great defender. He's a monster shot blocker. He's a 7-7 wingspan. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's another interesting guy. So, I mean, uh, thank God for these international guys because otherwise there wouldn't be a whole lot to talk about, uh, turning the stuff on. John, a couple more before we let you go. Like Max said, he's a, he's a Knicks fan and, you know, he was able to, you know, soak in all the glory that is Landry Fields, the second round pick. Now, it might be a tough question to answer now, but if there is, is there a guy who's, maybe a prospect in the second round that you think could come in and have somewhat of a similar impact that, you know, the Knicks had with Landry Fields. And obviously it's all circumstantial depending on who drafts uh, who, but uh, is there a guy in the second round right now um, that you are thinking if, in, if picked in the right situation, he could have a nice impact? Yeah. The guy, one guy that I think is going to get dropped a little bit lower than he probably should have when it's all said and done Jimmy Butler from Marquette. He's a senior, 6'6", small forward. Reminds me a lot of Shane Battier in terms of his basketball IQ, in, in terms of his defensive ability, in terms of just uh, the way that he, he reads the game. He's just a very cerebral guy. With uh, I think that he's, uh, he's going to make an impact in the NBA with his passing ability. He's also a guy like Lancer Sears a little bit that people kind of question his outside shooting. I think he's uh, he, he's got a he's got the type of work ethic that will will, will make him into a good shooter. He's only 21 years old, a, a very young for his class, just like Landry was. So, if there's one guy I would have to pick in the second round, it would it would be Butler. Last one for you, John. Um, who has the most to gain in their individual workouts or or the the draft you know the draft combines? Who who do you think has the most to gain from from their workouts? I mean, I, I think everybody has a lot to gain. I mean, I think that the guy that people are going to want to study maybe the most closely is Enos Cantor, just because his body of work is so limited. He has almost no resume to speak of outside of the Nike Hoop Summit game. 
there just isn't any game film of him. People don't really know very much about him. Uh, you know, if he wants to get picked as high as, as some people think he will, he's going to have to go in and, and show them quite a bit. And I'm just not sure, though, if, in terms of his strategy, only doing one-on-zero non-competitive workouts. I just don't know if, that, if that's going to be enough data for, you know, for these GMs to, to, to really you know, stake their career on, on, on this kid. You, know, you screw up a top five pick, you, you know, you're toast uh, a lot of the time. So um, I think that you know, their strategy in terms of you know, we dare you not to pick us, you know, if you don't pick us, you're going to miss out. I, I think that's, that's the wrong strategy to take. I think that's, uh, you know, that's not the right way to start off our relationship, you know, but um, other people disagree, and, uh, you know, he's going to get picked where he gets picked, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it turns out because, you know, I I don't – it's very tough for me to say he's going to be like this, he's going to be like that, just because we don't have the amount of information that we'd like to have. Uh, usually we can study his film, we can break down his possessions on synergy, we can do a statistical analysis, and, uh, you know, we can look at his high school career. We can do very, very little of this with Panther. I mean, just in terms of the last two years, there's very little to go off of. All right, that's John Gavoni from DraftExpress.com. John, great stuff. As always, we uh, hope to have you on the show uh, before June's draft. And also, uh, real quick, I, uh, I saw that you're uh, doing some contributing work now for Yahoo Sports, so congratulations on that. That's uh, fantastic. Thank you. All right, John Gavoni from DraftExpress.com. John, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.